Simpsons Index, an online spreadsheet that is also a podcast. This is the podcast. Coming to you out of SideQuest Studios, this is the Simpsons Index, episode 240. That's actually 420 for Australians because we write the date correctly. Yeah. Anyway, hello there. I'm your host, Elliot J. O'Neill, and joining me here as always, except when he's not, is B.T. Calloway. Oh, hi, hi. And joining us all the way from beautiful Queensland is Diana Green. Hey, it's good to be back. Glad to have you back and welcome to The Simpsons Index, the podcast that reviews all The Simpsons across all the eras. But you know what? Sometimes there's gold in them hills and... Gold? I don't know. Am I getting too ahead of myself? Uh, just introduced the episode already, Elliot. We just watched season 33, episode 12, Pixelated and Afraid. First released in February of 2022, it was directed by Chris Clemens, written by John Frink in you, this episode. Why do you keep trying to do that? <laughs> I might get you one day. No, it's not. You know, it's not Schwarzwelder. I'm sure we're out of Schwarzwelder. No, he, he, just, he comes back every now and then just yeah. to surprise people. Yeah. He'll come back just so I can land that bit one day. They've got him frozen in the corner. They just unthaw mm-hmm. him when they need him. Yep. <laughs> uh, yeah, in this episode, Homer and Marge get lost in the wilderness and have to survive. Mm. Hey, what did we think? Hmm. It's all right. Um, hmm. I especially like the bit where Homer and Bart have to tie up the tree and the bunny rabbit gets catapulted away. <laughs> it was really good. Yep, yep. Maggie hanging out with the bears. That's good fun. Wait a second. Yeah. <laughs> like the episode I mentioned, this also had a weirdly unrelated first act. Yeah. But it gets better after that. Yeah. Well, I mean, it doesn't take long either. No, but it's painful. <laughs> yeah, I think the first act is where I'm going to be drawing a lot of my problems with this episode because I think acts two and three are fantastic. I think there's a brave amount of choices that the Simpsons mm. staff made in producing this episode. I think it looks gorgeous out in the wilderness and Homer and Marge working together to survive yeah. out there, I think is all done beautifully. I just think the first act doesn't set that up correctly. Mm. Well, it does what it needs to. I did write the words, Lisa is a bitch, a lot in my notes. Mm-hmm. So oh, yeah. I mm-hmm. think that sums up the opening minutes. Yeah, very weird vibe from Lisa on this one, because she's all like watching a romantic movie and is like, oh, why aren't my parents like that? Like, real life is obviously supposed to be just like the movies. And I was like, mm, you aren't this stupid. Mm. But it's she's setting it up like they don't, their romance is gone. But it's Mm. quite clear from Marge and Homer's actions in this episode that the romance is very much alive. They're just a gross couple that are grossly comfortable with each other. And there is a romance to that. And saying that the romance is dead is at odds with the events of this episode. Honestly, it was probably the closest I've seen Homer and Marge in like most episodes. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, really working together as a unit even before they have to fight off the wilderness. Yeah. Which is really nice, and you could probably argue that it's out of character, but only because we've seen so many Homer-Marge relationship not working episodes. It's nice Mm. for this one that, you know, Homer's being a bit gross and Marge is coming down to his level, but he's also, for once, you see him helping around the house and coming to her level. And yeah, Yeah. he he can eat tacos and have his gross little taco bin, and Marge is just like, that's my homie. Just what married 40-year-olds do. Yeah. Yeah. And it feels real and it doesn't feel out of character because of that. In fact, it's fucking refreshing. So, yeah, mm. what's Lisa bitching about? Like, yes, it's not like the movies, Elliot. Mm. Ah. 
It was in colour and everything. Yeah, it's supposed <laughs> to be all like quick banter and cocktails. That's what true romance is, according to this one film we saw the end of. What the fuck is this movie anyway? I don't know. It's what, just... what is this idea of romance that Lisa's getting out of this? Had a dog. Yeah, yeah which <laughs> is was, nice. That was good. But if anything, it was more about solving crime than romance, but okay. <laughs> if I was, you know, more knowledgeable, I would probably say it's a parody of an exact movie, but I have no idea. It's a very Turner Classics movie movie. Yeah, it's got the yeah. very, you know, end of a more positive noir film to it, where it's like, well, there, we solved that case. Yes, we certainly did. And now it's time for cocktails. I'm like, and that's, that's basically the gist of it. Yeah, it's just all this muddled stuff in the beginning that I don't feel like sets up where the episode is going properly. And even then, you know, we're getting the setup of Marge and Homer working together at the start, and then they work together in the wilderness, so that's not really solving a problem that was set up by the episode anyway. Yeah, well, it feels like it's not going for an arc exactly. It's more that romance can also be this kind of understanding of each other and this kind of comfort level and this kind of working together, which they have, which Lisa doesn't understand because she's eight, Mm. which is fine, but... Yeah, and then you don't have an arc, which is other than the survival element, which again is fine. It's just, yeah, for this to be the basis of it. I don't know, I, I like seeing them work together in the household. That was nice. Like you said, it was refreshing. Hmm. And then some callbacks happen in the, in the wilderness, and Lisa is a bitch. Well, let's hook into the questionnaire. Diana, for better or worse, what is a moment from Pixelated and Afraid that stands out to you? For better, I am happy that after the opening minutes, you never see the kids again. <laughs> yeah, those little two little bitches. Even yeah. Bart was being a little bitch in this one. He was. Although I did like that Millhouse was somehow getting hurt for his VR game. <laughs> that was one of my biggest problems with Ready Player One. Why would the fuck would you buy the suit to make you feel pain? Like, Because that's what gamers want, according to Hollywood. <laughs> Imagine. Real gamers yeah. feel pain. Why do you think Lilat Wars sold so many copies? <laughs> the Rumble Pack didn't hurt you, though. It could if you... Nestled it against your balls. Yeah. Like a man. Anyway, uh, no, I agree. <laughs> Part of what I was saying before about the brave choices that this episode made, which was, yeah, to not have the kids involved in this story and not even come back mm. at the end. I was kind of surprised by that, yeah. Yeah. One thing I actually really do like is the fact that this episode basically opens up straight away. There's no couch mm. gag. There's nothing. Mm. The intro is like two seconds. This is wall to wall. This is yeah, packed. Basically, except for the opening few minutes that I hate... The time was used really efficiently and there was no like dead air. It was yeah. really well done. Yeah, absolutely. And you could argue that it's kind of weird that they don't explain what's happened to the kids or... How they died. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> you don't see... Like, this is the newest episode I've seen. So as far as I'm concerned, they died and they didn't appear next episode. And everything from here on is a, is a shared death dream of Bart, Lisa yeah. and Maggie. Everything's just a someone's death dream. It'd be nice when that podcast eventually catches up to mm. this in like <laughs> yeah. 40 years. At the current rate of no episodes per year, yeah. We'll yeah. be waiting yeah. a while. Maybe they're stuck out in the wilderness. We should look yeah. for them. Mm, well, Adelaide's kind of a wilderness. And a search party. <laughs> I mean, does this whole intro really could work if they just had, you know, when Lisa's all like, the romance is dead for your lives, have Marge and Homer be like, no, wait, wait, is it? And then have them kind of not realise that being comfortable together is its own form of romance. And that's maybe why they go on this trip rather than the fact that neither neither of them really seem to want to anyway. Yeah. They got bullied by that eight-year-old kid. Yeah. Well, eight-year-olds can be very insistent, and you're not allowed to punch them. So. They can, cool. 
<laughs> like, it really feels like the obvious answer in the writing is that they're showing Homer and Marge being gross. Like, why isn't Lisa just grossed out by this? Like, she's just watched this classy movie and then mm. here's her parents that, yeah, are cohabitating and they're not fighting. They're just, ew, God, why are you so comfortable with each other? She's a little grossed out because, you know, Cheeto dust on the remote and stuff like that. But it just needed to, just slight tweaking in the dialogue to be like, you know, you can't be romantic in sweatpants. And then yeah. Homer and Marge are like, oh, no. And then they kind of realize, oh, wait, maybe we've lost it. But without the thought of this is what you're really working towards is the point where you can just be in sync with each other. Mm. But looking at it objectively, it's it's just so nice, you know. It's mm. nice when you can get to that level with a partner where, yeah, you just... Yeah. You're just gross. <laughs> yeah, like one of my earliest notes has a little heart next to it. It's like, ah, oh, Homer and Marge are cute together. Mm. Maybe it's because I'm over 30. I get it now. But, but that, it was genuinely, like I said, some of their best relationship stuff. I, yeah. It's just good seeing them be happy. Yeah, absolutely. If we can build a happy Homer and Marge playlist, yeah, this is mm-hmm. going to be right on it. Yes. Uh, BT, what's a moment from this episode that stands out to you for better or worse? Oh, my. Um, there are a lot of weird references to genitals in this. <laughs> uh let's just get that out of the way okay that made me feel weird so you know the pixelated obviously comes from the fact that at a certain point they lose all their clothes because they're trying they to drive lose all them. their genitals is what i, uh, all their genitals. I mean i didn't see any did you oh i'm uh, glad they pixelated <laughs> yeah so they end up you know naked and afraid yeah pixelated and afraid in the woods and marge is climbing a tree and she's like ah oh, my thingy i'm like mm, i don't need to hear that yeah i liked her saying my thingy it seemed very in marge Oh yeah, but I mean, and Homer later, I can feel my front stuff again, I'm like, mm, I don't want to think about your junk. But he can feel it again. Well, then he's also running through a bush naked at one point, he goes, ah, that one went in me. I'm like, yeah, mm. stop making me think about it. <laughs> at least we didn't hear him orgasm like that one episode. Oh yeah, that's gonna stay, yeah. and that's Amore, hmm, great. <laughs> yeah, I'm hoping they'll eventually release the uncensored version. And Yeah, this will be in the um, Homer genitals playlist, by the way. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Hardcore nudity. Yeah. Cats isn't the only thing with a butthole cut. (laughs) But yeah, of course, this is a reference to Naked and Afraid, the Discovery Channel series, which, yeah, in my research, I was surprised. It's been going for like 15 years and almost has 200 Mm -hmm. episodes. Yeah. Yeah. People love that shit. I kind of like started an episode once and got really bored. Have either of you watched it or? No. No. I had never heard of it before this episode had come out. Yeah, so they get, basically for those that don't know, they get two, like, survival enthusiasts or, mm. and, yeah, they get a camera crew and film them in a remote location and take clothes from them and see how long that they can last out there, I think, is the general yeah. premise. But, yeah, I think because of the kind of people who are into survival, isn't it? Like, I didn't latch on to the people that I was watching and I'm like, yeah, I'm just bored of this, like... Also, there yeah. Was, yeah, wasn't a lot of conflict in that particular episode. I don't know. Write in. Tell me if there's a good episode yeah. of this Look, show. To my understanding, there might be there are a few of these. There might there might be some other ones, but um, yeah, they can vary a lot because they are actually quite real. Again, asterisks. Yeah. Like I think my sister's seen one, and she said there's an episode where a guy like lasted twenty minutes because he gets put wherever he is, and he goes, "Those are bear tracks, and those are bear droppings." I'm out. <laughs> He's like, "I am not fucking around here." It's like, yeah, fair. Yeah. But what stands out to me, for better or worse, uh, I think it is, yeah, just the general choice to have Marge and Homer isolated for this story. It kind of makes me disappointed that, yeah, it didn't run into the first act as well, because I think, yeah, my biggest up arrow for this is Marge and Homer's problem solving in this. Mm. 
how they work together and like how they reassure each other during uh you know their more hysterical moments that yeah when one's a bit loopy the other one's like hey 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 yeah especially when homer's losing it over the fish Mm-hmm. And then eventually uh, somehow manages to catch a fish in his pants and then they're uh, both trying to get it together and then they do and then they've just got such an appreciation for the food and how far they've yeah. come and like that is just lovely. Yeah, that was kind of a big moment of like, okay, this is what we're doing because they have like a almost sobbing hug over the fact they caught a fish together and you're like, all right, this is this is what we're doing on this one. It's not going to evolve into something different. You know, at the midway point, they're not going to suddenly discover they've actually been on the set of another reality show the entire time. Or, you know, there aren't going to be elves raising horses or whatever that fuck happened to that other episode. Yeah, you're totally right. There was no goofy twist. Yeah, which at that point I kind of realized, okay, we're staying here. This is what we're doing. And I was glad for that. Like we weren't going to go to like some other extra location after this whole, you know, lost in the wilderness bit. Yeah, it's just a series of trials for them out there. And I thought, yeah, the Wolverine was a perfect escalation of danger point. because They beat the fuck out of it. Off screen. <laughs> but Marge did say, oh yeah, it's dead. And you saw that Cupid. You saw the blood splatter. Yeah. yeah. Oh. And that wasn't a funny joke. Like, oh, you hit the red paint. No, that was, <laughs> that thing got murdered. <laughs> no goofy twist. Yeah, they brutalized it and then turned it into Wolverine jerky. Yeah. And they didn't do any stupid X-Men jokes either, so that's a plus. True. <laughs> it won't stop me from doing it, snickety-snick. I mean, I was going to say, much like Hugh Jackman's career, sooner or later a Wolverine has to die. So, oh, take that here. He's a listener to this podcast. He's really sad. <laughs> Hi, here. Anyway, how about the wackiness of this episode? They beat the fuck out of Wolverine. That's not wacky. Yeah. Cars don't float, and that pink car is gone forever now. The animation was really good across the place, and the way Homer's pants filled up with water when there was a fish in there, <laughs> that's kind of wacky. It looked good. Mm-hmm. Um, and the whole trying to catch it with crutchless fishnet stockings is... That got me pretty hard. <laughs> so funny. It's realistic, Goofy. Yeah. Uh, look, all they're making like a camp and like tools out of the remnants of this little love hotel thing. That that was all great. No, like I said, they're working together and finding, yeah, this abandoned, yeah, love hotel. Like that led to a lot of the goofy, funny gags in this. And for an episode that, yeah, like you said, BT, didn't have the goofy twist, didn't have fucking jockey elves. They, just... they, they were there, you just had to look for him. If you look in the background, <laughs> you can just see them. <laughs> Yeah, you see them draw on a wall, the staircase, yeah. and then walk up. Al Jean's in the background giving you a finger, you know. You just <laughs> yeah. have to look for it. <laughs> Holding a little sign that says, fuck you, Elliot. <laughs> yeah, it's in every episode. That's the fun thing. you got to find it. Yeah. It's, it's very small sometimes. It's always there. <laughs> but yeah, for an episode that could have gone that way, and they really did try to use real props as much as they could, and yeah, had mm. the humour... Coming off that, yeah, it's quite elegant. Yes, indeed. I do like a giant champagne glass becomes their, like, the top of their fire stove thing. I don't know what things are called. Oh, their little chimney there. Yeah. Yeah. And throw another TV on the fire. <laughs> oh my god, Homer, those CRTs. <laughs> They're worth so much now. I did like with the, when the Wolverine was trying to get into the, the home they made, they mm. did a warping effect when you could see it on the CRT, mm. which was really nice. That's a dumb attention to detail they didn't need. No, well, it would also upped the you know threat of it because it's magnifying its teeth and it's, people forget Wolverines do hurt people. Wolverines don't hurt people. People with Wolverines hurt people. <laughs> <laughs> people with clubs with a Cupid's statue head on it. Yep, hurt, hurt Wolverines. Wolverines. <laughs> yeah. 
No, you're right. It's just, yeah, small little details like that. Like you said, they didn't have to do it. You didn't have to go so hard, Simpsons, but you did. And you did. God damn we it, appreciate I appreciate it. it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They made a well-animated episode for the first time in like 20 years. I'm happy. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, for all the criticisms I have with the story, like, production-wise, this is damn near flawless. Like, Apparently you had a hippo scale. <laughs> we don't judge on such a scale. We're mm-hmm. fucking... We have our medals... And that's what we have. And this is our system, and it's the perfect one. Mm-hmm. Let all other systems be damned. But how about the heart of this one? I mean, all over the place. That all was over. all the episode was. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, especially like Homer leading the Wolverine away was from Marge was very nice. Like, he has mm. a plan, and it's not... St- I mean, it's, you know, foolhardy, maybe, but it's not stupid. It's not, I'll pretend to be the Wolverine's mother and scold it till it leaves or some shit like that. It's he literally takes a risk and leads it away from Marge. So, yeah, it's nice. And his line of, you don't want me, I'm all stringy. Oh, who am I kidding? I'm human wagyu. That did <laughs> get me. marbled, yeah. Yeah. Because the obvious thing would to be have them at odds at some point and that they were mm. working together with each other the whole time was beautiful. And yeah, yeah in that moment, the self-sacrifice and then her being like, oh my god you stupid that you're gonna get yourself killed and then her coming to his rescue ah oh, love it yeah given how the episode ends they could have easily just had something like the ranger comes by saves the day there's no mm. brutalizing of a wolverine but mm. they went for it and it was really nice seeing homer do something mm. this is an era of you know everyone hating homer usually although yeah. i hear season 33 is less bad with that yeah but yeah it's good to see homer actually do something likable Mm. and genuinely risk himself for someone that he clearly cared about all episode. Yeah. Felt earned. Yeah, and look, I do have an appreciation for there's never a falling out between the two of them. It's always them versus, you know, the wilderness. And while it would have been very easy to have a moment where they do go off each other that gets resolved when Homer makes that, you know, sacrifice, sacrificing his, his safety for hers, I appreciate that we don't, and it just becomes a nicer story for it. So maybe less, you know, thrilling or something, less story engagement, but it just in terms of like a nice pastiche piece. Well, it feels elevated from a standard mm. Simpsons episode because like it doesn't feel like they're doing the usual twists and turns with a March Homer relationship story. And down to where you think, oh, okay, here's where we get Homer Jerkass, where he sees the ranger, doesn't react immediately, you know, looks back at Marge and the little shelter they're built and like he's stuck in that decision at the moment to tell her or not. And then, yeah, the ranger starts going away, he shouts out, and then when Marge is like, oh, what's happened? Like, you're expecting Homer to go, uh, 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 it was nothing. But no, yeah. he admits it straight away, mm-hmm. and she's like, no, nah, I get it, but then they just work together to go on one last lovely hike before yeah. they get rescued, and they take their time, they take in the scenery, which is gorgeous. Like They leave their kids alone, you know. Yeah. <laughs> They got to fend for themselves. Children have to learn to kill Wolverines at I'm, some point. I, I'm yeah. imagining Homer just didn't want to go back because of Lisa. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he probably gets back after days of surviving together, and she's all like, you're not romantic like in the movies. And it's like, oh, my God. Oh, when you were gone, Grandpa babysat us, and he told us how romantic things were in the 40s. <laughs> we didn't get anything like that. It was nice. Absolutely. But ultimately, did it feel like an episode of The Simpsons? Are these the characters we know and love? Is this the show we know and love? I don't know. (laughs) Very different vibe, but it's them definitely taking a different angle on things. Uh, It's experimental, Simpsons. Mm. Yeah, I would say that of it. Yeah, it's very different. I mean, you think, compare it way back to Call of the Simpsons, where the punchline is, you know, they can't tell the difference between Bigfoot and Homer. 
Uh, whereas this doesn't ultimately have a punchline, it is just a nice story. Yeah, I will say that is a ding against this episode, is it's not very funny. Yeah, and it's not really an arc per se, and it's about people, mm. and that's fine at this point. Again, 33 seasons, I'm glad they're trying something different. Because the temptation to pull this into wackier territory and say, oh, they survive because they make friends with a Yeti who's also got a unicorn yeah. for a husband <laughs> or something. Yeah. It, and Moe's bar rag didn't do anything. Yeah, That exactly. didn't feel like Simpsons to me. A- again, Moe's bar rag also in the background. You just have to look. Mm-hmm. Always there. Always mocking. <laughs> as far as integrity goes, yeah, it didn't really feel like Lisa and her motivation, unfortunately, yeah, was poorly written. Um, yeah. And I don't know, getting Bart involved as well, like... Yeah, uh, I hated the bit where she's all like, Bart, you need to stop mum and dad being so comfortable together because what if you bring a girlfriend home and they'll be gross together? And he has this whole fantasy that's stupid as hell and I hated it. I kind Mm. of Uh, liked it, but I did write it is stupid. But I liked the fact that for some reason Bart's vision of the future had them calling out with like zombie voices and a weird robotic arm. It was just weird. I kind of like just how surreal that is. And in retrospect, I'm glad they left all the surreal stuff in the beginning before the actual Mm -hmm. drama happened. I don't know. It was fine. It just caught me off guard. Yeah. In that way, it did kind of feel Simpsons-y. Like, Bart fantasies are, yeah, a staple of the classic era. But Yeah, but usually they're fun. Yeah, it was one. more fun than Lisa bitching. It definitely was. <laughs> yeah, they needed Lisa to get the idea of romance from a book or something other than this one random movie that we don't know what they're referencing and was mostly about martinis. Yeah, so in that way, the setup in the first act of the episode, yeah, didn't feel very Simpsons-y because, yeah, it wasn't like a hard enough left turn for being like, oh, whatever, you know, fuck you first act. That We had fun. Like, yeah, it wasn't fun. It attempted to set up the story and kind of failed at doing that. But yes or no, would you watch this one again? Yeah, sure. Yeah, why not? Yeah, I'm going to watch it again. Um, This is one that I'd use as evidence. You know, the Simpsons have still got something in them. You know, I'd highly recommend this to someone who's a Laps fan or whatever. But, you know, other than the Laps fan playlist, what other episodes remind you of this one? Uh, I would like to say we need a fish in the pants playlist. Uh, <laughs> so pair this with the flying hellfish with, you know... Simpson, can't you go more than five minutes? No, sorry. It's uh, Mother Simpson, where yes. drops a fish in his pants like, I'm sorry, it's okay, it wasn't your fault. It did remind me of a season nine episode where Homer and Marge are naked together. Yeah. Oh, true. Yeah, I forget what that one is called, but that one. Um, Natural Born Lovers, well, kisses. I think? Natural Born Kisses. Oh, uh, yeah, of course. Um, and I guess Call of the Simpsons, if you want, just to see... It's a stark contrast between the two, so it is interesting. But yeah, pair it with like, yeah, Lost in the Wilderness episodes, you know, Boy Scouts in the Hood, and uh, mm-hmm. I guess that's more stranded out at sea, but still. Yeah. Well, the um, Bart and Lisa's field trip to Capital City where they get lost. Oh, uh, true. Bart and Milhouse trapped in the mall. Oh, but th- they went there willingly. Mm. Yeah, but they were surviving on gummy worms. There was a cougar. Yeah, that's right. Cougars are fucking Ma- way scarier than wolverines. True. But what would you like to change? Diana, we'll start with you. What would you like to change about Pixelated and Afraid? The entire first act. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it, you stole my answer. What a surprise. Okay, uh, then I won't say that. Um, <laughs> maybe add more jokes. I don't know. Mm. I'm sure you could balance drama and comedy better than mm. they did here. Dramedy. It's just the good bits of the episode are basically, there's basically no jokes Outside yeah. that fishnet stockings thing. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like overall we're probably going to come in well under time on this episode. It's because I only have like three quarters of a page of notes and it's all 
story based, which is fine. It's all, you know, a character kind of thing, but it doesn't leave a whole lot to talk about. How about you, VT? What would you like to change about this one? Well, in direct contrast to Diana's quotes, I would only tweak the beginning. Oh. Either that or just rewrite it entirely. Uh, Lisa is dead the whole episode. Yeah. um, Lisa's less of a bitch and uh, actually gets her ideas from somewhere Lisa would get her ideas from. Uh, like reading about, you know, the Curies who discovered radium together. And oh, that's too domestic as well. I don't know. Something else. Pay mm. me and I'll figure it out. But she already knew about that back when Marge was working with Homer at the power plant. Yeah. Unless this is earlier in the timeline, of course. Yeah, it's more of a time soup rather than a line. Yeah, get real gems in on this. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, but all that, I mean, you could punch a few jokes in there, but I also appreciate that's kind of not what we're doing here. And I do appreciate they're going for a different thing on this. Yeah, that's sort of the tricky thing, because you've still got to kind of set it up as a Simpsons episode, even though it ends very differently. So I don't think the correct solution would be to like start with Homer and Marge and only have them throughout the whole thing. Mm. I think there is value in including the kids somehow, but like... I think it's just as simple as a rewrite to make it like Lisa's grossed out by this. It's not her idealized idea of romance. And then her, yeah, finding the voucher, not just here it is. This has been on the fridge. Like, I don't know, because they are cleaning up the house. So why Mm. aren't the kids helping? Like, why doesn't Lisa? Yeah, she's cleaning the kitchen and find this voucher. Like, This is just a simple rewrite with all the pieces that you already had. Or maybe, you know, have Lisa criticize them early on. Then they're cleaning the house and, like, Marge finds the voucher and goes, oh, we never did this. Are we yes. not being romantic anymore? Because we don't go to things. We just stay home. And he'll be like, oh, no, maybe like, we, we can go. And, you know, something like that. Hmm. So at least it's not, I don't know, so very much all Lisa's insistence. Yeah, absolutely. And that, that kind of question of, you know, have we lost the spark? And the answer being no, it's just, you know, it's not this bright flaming passion it's just it's the home fire now yeah absolutely yeah i think yeah you're right bt we're coming in pretty under time with this one because it's time for our final notes now it's time and 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 it's now time for our final notes everyone's final notes extended edition there for extended edition yeah everything is going to get slightly longer to pad out some time if you play the podcast at 0.5 speed Hmm. Go longer. <laughs> Everyone wants that value. Diana, do you have some final notes? I do. First of all, since you didn't ask, um, oh. no, I haven't watched this episode before, but <laughs> oh. I had actually heard the worst episode ever about this, so I kind mm-hmm. of knew going into this what to expect. Wait, you listened to their podcast about it before watching the episode? Well, I listened to that podcast before you invited me on for this episode. I didn't predict the future. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's just interesting because I know there's Index fans out there who just listen to this and don't watch the episodes. And I I just still, I find that weird. I don't know how you could keep up because... That's how I do it. What are we talking about? Like this one at least had a solid plot that, you know, I think you could understand. But yeah, most of the time. That's how I've always done it. I'm sorry. I um, No, it's interesting. It was easier to keep up in the early days where you spent like four hours on every episode. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And now I just kind of guess the plots based on your notes and it's more fun that way. (laughs) Keep you on your toes. Yeah. But I will say it was fascinating going from the other episode we watched to this and just hearing 15 years of Marge voice. Yeah. It's just, yeah. it's like a night and day thing. It's kind of fascinating. That's actually a good point because rarely I feel like do we get a Marge focused episode these days. And mm. I guess I'd stopped thinking about it. Usually it's at the forefront of my mind, the deterioration of Julie Kavner's voice. Did that like 
were you two like reminded of that throughout this episode or i guess you were diana you've brought it up yeah I, too much like it wasn't distracting it's something i know to expect every time i come into a mm. modern episode it's just weird mm. i didn't notice it too much usually whenever i watch a modern episode i don't watch another episode directly beforehand so there's yeah. less contrast Hmm. I was going to say as well, this episode did pixelate Homer's nipples for what yeah. that's worth for all the nipple fans out there. Yeah, I thought it was kind of funny. I thought it was a good joke and that they didn't linger on it too much. I, I think you could have even like not noticed it at all. Hmm. But there were a couple of angles where, yeah, it was just Homer's top and they still pixelated him. I thought that was pretty funny. The yeah. only other note I have is, first of all, they go to a cigarette machine, which... Um, mm-hmm were things that used to exist kids yep <laughs> i was gonna say they pull out a matchbook and homer said something to jot phone numbers down on yeah i liked mm-hmm. that they had like two or three jokes in the whole episode and they all hit yeah even if there weren't many no i agree they're, they're... They were like more sensible chuckle kind of yeah. jokes than huge laugh out loud ones yeah mm-hmm. that's basically it i didn't take many notes because i was just invested in the story and there wasn't enough that i could write about <laughs> No, I mean, it's a sign of a good episode sometimes if you're not taking mm. notes because, yeah, like you said, you can you're yeah, get wrapped up. So I feel like you're going the highest rating out of everyone here. I think I'll surprise people. That's for oh, sure. Prepare to be surprised with a solid failure. <laughs> Lisa was too much of a bitch. Yeah, all this lovey stuff is gross. <laughs> Actually, when they were doing the gross out stuff at the beginning, Marge threw, like, Maggie's nappy at mm-hmm. Homer, and they were disgusted. But like, where, where do they think the poop goes? Like, do they think that the parents don't have to touch that stuff? Well, I, that's the other thing. I feel like they should have lent into more. Is that taking care of kids is gross, and at some point, as a parent, you just got to be desensitized to that literal shit. Yeah, and that's the yeah, whatever. The nappy's going in the same bin as my taco droppings. Whatevs. Yeah, as it's a bin, as if it matters. It all winds up in the same ocean anyway. <laughs> BT, did you have any final notes? I did indeed. Uh, I did like Leeson's line of, uh, they're nothing like the couples in movies or on drug commercials. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was all right. When they're driving to the resort, there's a couple of jokes there where it's like, uh, all the food is keto. Did you say Cheeto? Uh, no. Uh, I knew you didn't, but I wanted to. Yeah, that's um, a joke that I think would have hit me. Like, I wouldn't have liked it on another day, but I kind of like the overselling of Homer going, yeah. uh, like, somehow I knew that you didn't mean yeah. that, but I can always hope. Yeah, he didn't exactly. mean Cheeto from Banjo-Kazooie, Gruntilda's famous magic book. Oh. Oh, <laughs> Cheeto. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. C-H-E-A-T-O. Yeah. yeah, don't get turned into a washing machine. <laughs> Um, I did also like that all the events they're looking at happen at sunrise. So I was like, oh, there's yoga. Oh, that's sunrise. Uh, there's, oh, there's it. Oh, sunrise, 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 sunset. Oh, wait, no, that starts at sunrise. Mm. Yeah, that was good. Because, yeah, they're obviously already going to a place that is just flat out not for them. And it's a good way to sell that. I like Homer starting a fire with his phone by just hitting it with a rock. Because <laughs> there's been enough, you know, devices exploding in the news, you know, that, that we know that's a thing. Yeah, there was a line that was, I thought, a bit odds with the conceit of the rest of the episode that Homer go, like, weren't you meant to exchange that, Homer? Nope, I just said I did. I felt like, oh, th- we yeah. almost had a jerk-ass free episode. Like, it didn't mm. matter, but no. it did to me. Yeah, need more of a, I don't know, take that recall notice or something like that. To that not... is still very low on the scale of Jackass Homer, let's face it. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. This wasn't a silo of pig crap. 
<laughs> yeah, this wasn't putting Marge in the driver's seat when he was caught drunk driving. You know? mm. So yeah, again, to reiterate, the journey to the ranger station is just really sweet. Yeah. And it's beautifully animated, all that good stuff. And I also really like the, well, technically fourth arc over the credits kind of moment where they just eat chips like they did sitting on the couch but watching the sunset. You know, like, that's a real nice moment. That really ties it together. Gives a nice bookend to the whole thing. Yeah, so often we crap on about the fourth act fucking non-jokes that happen during Mm. the credits. It's like, you could have easily not done this. Like, and this one is, I think, essential to the episode. Yeah. Just to have a static shot of them. Yeah, they're rescued. They're wearing ill-fitting ranger clothes. You know, Homer's is a bit too small. Marge's a bit too big. And yeah, they're having this shared, beautiful, static moment together as mm. the sun's very slowly setting over yeah. over the credits. And I think that is just the perfect cap for this episode. Yeah, but still being themselves in the same way they were at the beginning on the couch. It's just now they're watching a sunset. Yeah. And and it feels like a nice evolution of the characters where they can go back to zero in the next episode. But like... Mm. Yeah, they've been through something here. Yeah. I was going to say, I'm glad you weren't here because I liked that ending as well, but I watched this episode with my partner who complained the whole episode, including during that credits moment. Oh, really? (laughs) Sitting next to someone who would probably fail it on this Mm. podcast, maybe. Yeah, wow. I'm glad that people are nicer to it than what I was immediately experiencing before we started talking. (laughs) (laughs) No, look, I appreciate that. We have the problem on this show of basically being experts at this point where we've watched so much that the fact that this is different is really refreshing to us. Whereas if you were sitting down for, ah, Simpsons, let me get some classic laughs here, you'd be genuinely disappointed and kind of annoyed. So it's the thing of like the critic's disease where you've done enough of the everyday that anything different is going to be very refreshing to you and therefore better. Yeah. Like I've seen enough modern Simpsons to know this was Mm. better than most. (laughs) Yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't angry. Yeah. And I wasn't bored, so it already puts it in, like, the top percent. <laughs> All right, in time for my final notes. I think we've hit on most of them. I like once they establish the shelter and you've got, like, a bit of a blue sky moment for them. It's like, yeah, then, oh, the hunger. Yeah, we need food. Yeah. And that they go a few days without it. And it's not done in the jokey, hacky montage either. Like, mm. you kind of go with them a little bit on this journey and... Uh, Homer and Marge's stomachs grumbling and Homer going, don't complain, offer solutions. (laughs) I thought that was a really good line. I did like that the stomachs were talking to each other when Marge just did the same thing. Mm -hmm. It was probably the cutest staffing couple I've ever seen. True. (laughs) Prove me wrong. (laughs) Put that on the staffing couples playlist. And yeah, even like in the moments where like, after they had the food and like another blue sky moment, it's like, oh, this is the best meal I've ever eaten. And mm. they're so appreciative of the fish and everything, a group hug and all that. Again, funny line. But then for Marge, just when she's having a bit of bliss, breaking down, I miss the kids. And then mm. Homer, just dance with me. Like, that was just such a lovely sequence to me. And then, yeah, leading into the Wolverine, then attacking them. Yeah. I just felt like this section of the episode had such great momentum. And, yeah, I think that about covers it. Only one more fun fact about this episode. It was nominated for an Emmy, but lost to Arcane. Have either of you watched Arcane? No, I have not. I've watched, like, three episodes, then I forgot to go back. I really like this show, and I've got no experience with League of Legends at all. Uh, For those that don't know, it's a show based on the video game League of Legends. It's a bit fantasy nonsense at times, mm-hmm. but I had a lot of fun with it. Yeah, I keep meaning to go back and I keep forgetting. I keep forgetting to watch TV. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Yeah, I don't remember what specific episode it was that won the Emmy nom, but like, I'm glad that it did because, mm. yeah, it's not like a lot of shows I've ever seen and I thought it was beautifully animated and told a great story. Frankly, I just want The Simpsons to win less awards. <laughs> They've <laughs> got enough. Oh, uh, sometimes it's just like, well, they only got in because they're the Simpsons, but yeah. yeah. Yeah, remember that really offensive episode that like beat out the finale of Adventure Time? Oh god, I'm still bitter about that one. Anyway, <laughs> awards are stupid. It's time mm-hmm. to rank this thing and give it an award. <laughs> On the Simpsons Index, we rank using a six-point scale, which starts down the bottom at failure. Maybe if the episode was just meh, you give it a participant. But for the positive ratings, you got OK Bronze, Good Silver, Excellent Gold. But for the best, the best of the very best, get Cubic Zirconia. I'm going to go first. Let me show you how it's done. Look, I really wanted to give it a gold, but mm-hmm. on a fundamental writing logic level, I can't. Like, yeah. I really, really wanted to. It's not cubic level because if it was cubic level, yeah, it'd also have the jokes to come with it. Yeah. But I want to applaud its daringness and mm. its bravery to try something different, which I think it absolutely succeeds in Acts 2 and 3, but it is undeniable that Act 1 is a bit of a slog to get through and it doesn't make logical sense with the episode and you know, you know that it could have been fixed with just one more fucking pass like it needed three more passes but goddamn the fixes are so goddamn easy in act one to bring it up but as it is i'm giving it a silver there are silver in them hills bt what do you reckon yeah look i walked in on a bronze and i have improved my opinion on it through discussion largely because this is an episode that shows a lot of restraint Mm. i think part of what was worrying me when i was watching it as i is sitting there watching them survive and go okay but what bullshit thing happens next and the fact we never went to bullshit territory and we just stayed here again is genuinely refreshing and the fact we have a homer marge episode that isn't about them you know maybe breaking up and it's like we get that so often uh yeah this ultimately becomes very refreshing which is then hard to assess critically because it hits different for critics who have watched so much hmm that said, hmm, hmm. Do not call me at two in the morning to change your mind. <laughs> we call Jordan. That is the tradition. <laughs> I am gonna go with. I'm gonna stick with my original gut and say a bronze. But I am. I'm leaning silverish. Yeah, it's, it's a. It's a brilva. Yeah, I've. I've been on a brilva the whole time. It's weird because what I like about this episode is stuff that no other Simpsons episode does. Mm-hmm. And the stuff I like about The Simpsons this episode doesn't really do. Mm-hmm. It kind of falls outside of traditional rankings. But because it's an experiment and it succeeded more than it failed, yeah, I'll give it a fail. No, it's um, it's <laughs> silver. I'll say silver and I'll regret it later, but I'll stick with it. <laughs> I, I'm kind of regretting it. Like, I just, oh, I want to gold it, but I, 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 I just know I can't. I know I'll be way mm-hmm. madder at myself if I gold You'll just hate yourself in the morning, you know. How about you, Beach? Sticking with that the bronzy? Yeah, because I know this gives it an overall dull silver and that feels very right. This gets so. a dull silver and yeah, that feels kind of right for this episode. Mm, certainly circling the correct answer. Yeah. It feels like it should be a bronze, a silver, and a gold all at mm. the same time. It doesn't... Yeah, like if someone also wrote in and said they hated this one, I would understand where they're coming from. But no, I think it's got. I think it has a lot of merit. Mm. It's not something that can be judged by the standards of other Simpsons episodes. Mm. Yeah, this needs like an high. asterisk wherever you rank yeah. it. 
This gets one of those watch it yourselves and make up your own mind because this one is genuinely hard. It really just depends on where you are with the show, I think, as to how it's going to hit. All right. Well, yeah, that about does it for The Simpsons Index this week. Diana, thank you very much for joining us. I'm glad to be here. I'm glad you gave me a good, well, like one that wasn't terrible. So, Mm. yeah. (laughs) First time for everything. Yeah, well, it's harder to do now that yeah we've caught up on the majority of the series. But yeah, like I said, there's still silver in them hills. Mm. So what do you got going on? Have you got something to plug? Yeah, so on my YouTube channel, which can be found at youtube.com slash at Freezer, F-I-E-E-Z-E-R 94. I actually just put up an episode a few hours ago at the time of speaking on Metroid Zero Mission, the mm. GBA Metroid 1 remake. I'd never played a Metroid game before like a month ago, <laughs> and I've now played one, two, three, zero mission and uh, fusion. Yeah, wow. Okay. Oh, caught up quick. You know, I was kind of depressed and I had the Switch online, so, you know, I got through <laughs> a lot of books pretty easily on the couch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah it, it was a good game, and I will play the others when I'm not burnt out on the series. <laughs> mm, fair. But yeah, all your videos are so wonderful. Um, yeah, mostly reviewing uh, handhelds and uh, obscure titles that people might not even know they did a handheld version of. Mm. Yeah, in fact, the video I'm working on right now is on the Game Boy Advance game Saber Wolf. I don't think any of you are familiar with it at no. all. Is it on the based on the Killer Instinct character? The Killer Instinct character is kind of based on it. So oh, back in crazy. the ZX Spectrum days, <laughs> Rareware... They were ultimate play the game, and they made a lot of different games. They made games in what they called the Saberman franchise. Mm-hmm. And then when they did Killer Instinct, they based the character on Saber Wolf, the main antagonist of a series. And then several years later, they planned to reboot it for the modern Y2K audience. So mm-hmm. in Banjo Tooie, towards the end of the game, you meet a character called Saberman, and he said that he's been frozen since the 1980s. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Um, and that is Saberman from the ZX Spectrum game. He was going to have a GameCube game that got cancelled, mm-hmm. but they did make a Game Boy Advance game called Saber Wolf. Mm-hmm. It's his only game since the ZX Spectrum. <laughs> it's a fun game. No one's heard of it. <laughs> nope. <laughs> um, Not at all. It is. It's great. No one wanted to publish it, but THQ did on the condition. They only published it because THQ wanted to publish the Banjo-Kazooie GBA games. And Mm. Rare basically said, if you publish those, you have to also publish this shit that no one cares about. (laughs) So that's how we got Saber Wolf and It's Mr. Pants, another GBA game no one's heard of that I love. (laughs) I have a weird feeling I've heard that title, but I have no idea what it is. I talk about it all the time. Ah, Um, yeah, there we go. (laughs) I am its one fan. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the point is there's really obscure games no one's heard of on obscure systems, and I talk about them, including my two Game Gear videos that somehow people cared about. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, one of them was about Sonic the Hedgehog, and people care way too much about that little blue freak. Mm. Yeah, he's, he's good. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, Sonic says, wait till marriage, and that's really all I know. <laughs> oh, well, let's get into that right now. BT, what are we mm. up to? Well, if you want to understand that reference, you can go to patreon.com slash sidequeststudios, which is the blanket for everything we do here. And if you sign up for as little as $5 a month, you can get access to over 100 exclusive podcasts. That's right, 100 with a little plus sign next to it means there's more than that. That is how many are available across like a range of individual shows. So we've got the ones that catch me up on the episodes I missed. We've got 
ones where we review the special features on the DVD, and we have one where we review the movie movies that star the cast of The Simpsons as you've never seen them before. I subscribe to it, and it's it's good, and it also is a good way to launder money. So, yeah. <laughs> shut up about Xnay on the laundry lay. <laughs> Well, yes, uh, like you said, we're cycling through those shows and you get a new bonus podcast every week over there Mm -hmm. just for the price of a cup of coffee every month. The price of Twitter Blue. That's a relevant reference right now. It's cheaper (laughs) than Twitter Blue. And I'd like to think that we offer way more content and less people pointing and laughing at you. Ha ha, this motherfucker paid for Twitter. Yeah, We won't laugh at you. No, we shan't. And, like, how long does a cup of coffee last? Like, 10 minutes, a half hour, if you're really pushing it? This is, you get, like, hours of entertainment for so little. Yeah, so right after this recording, we're going to jump on and record Mm. something for the Patreon feed, which is uh, catching Beach up on that 90s show. And I've decided to bring Diana along to make her stand tall next to her opinions that she's, with that 90s shows that she's been putting on this podcast for years now put money where the mouth is. it would be funny if i just said i hated it and left (laughs) (laughs) it would be will that happen we'll find out and you can too at patreon.com slash sidequest studios patreon.com slash sidequest studios but until then yeah that's it for the index thank you diana i'm glad to be here and thank you bt i'm naked and afraid and i'm your host elliot j o'neill that's all the mustard in the wilderness Thank you for listening to the Simpsons Index podcast, which is also an online spreadsheet available at thesimpsonsindex.com. You can also check out our other shows, like Pulp Fury Radio, our scripted fiction podcast, which tells all original stories across a range of pulp genres, and Thrones of Game, where we review Game of Thrones in reverse order. Links to those podcasts and more will be available in the show notes. And now please stay tuned for the bonus scenes! Yep, I am recording on mine. And Diana, do you remember the sinking Yes, game? I do. I know how it goes. Awesome. <laughs> well, yeah, you'll be three, BT two, and here comes the first number. One. Two. Three. Four. Five. Six. Man, that's an impressive lack of lag today. I mean, don't, don't, you know, God, I forgot all my words immediately. Wow, cool. <laughs> well, you, you had me genuinely worried then that there was lag. No, I was just saying, don't compliment it until we're done. <laughs> Oh, but you just stumbling over your words there. Yeah, I'm like, no, of sorry, course man. it's happening now. And, oh. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, man. Didn't mean to give you a heart attack. <laughs> all right. Let's do it. That's all the mustard in the wilderness. And all the pixels in the shrub. Something. Pixels over the nipples. There we go. <laughs>